How do people have a baby? What's gay? Um, how does your body look? What is a period? What is transgender? What is a condom? What is a sperm? What is poop? I can't say it. What is puberty? What would it be like to be a boy? But would a boy want to know what it's like to be a girl? What is sex? What is sex? Welcome to What is Sex? Each episode, we will discuss one anonymous question we've been asked by a kid while teaching sex ed. I'm Izzy. And I'm Rebecca. We are two of the co-founders of YES, a nonprofit that provides sex-positive, intersectional, consent-based sexuality education to people of all ages. We believe it's never too early to start having these conversations. To learn more about us, you can check out our website, yestoconsent.org. That's Y-E-S. T-O-C-O-N-S-E-N-T dot org and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Yes2Consent. This is episode two of our What is Sex podcast and today we're discussing something that I think even people our age might not know the answer to. Mm, What's the question? Why when females hit puberty do they pee blood? You know, I have been wondering that for years myself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was talking to someone recently and I told them the um, the prompt for this week and they asked me, oh yeah, hey, why? <laughs> why? Wow. Well, I'm so glad that we'll get to talk about that today. <laughs> so do you think there's any like deeper meaning of this question beyond the obvious? Like what was this kid maybe really asking or trying to figure out? I mean, I understand the confusion. I understand maybe not knowing um, what a period is. Mm -hmm. I think that there's easily a conflation between the two, especially if you don't know that there is a pee hole and another hole. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's something a lot of adults, I think, especially adults who don't have vaginas, but also those who do are still confused about how many holes are going on down there what do you think is the deeper meaning yeah well I definitely heard the fear and confusion too like fear of just what is about to happen to me why is blood coming out of new parts of my body but I also heard kind of that bigger cosmic why like why when Mm. females hit puberty they pee blood like not necessarily the question about like like life's unfair and this is just the start exactly (laughs) like I felt that as a kid definitely Mm. I felt like from the moment I knew period a period was coming in my life. I was kind of like, why, God? Like, how can this be? You know, that kind of big why. I was so ready for it to happen. Mm. I had friends who were developing in new and exciting ways, I thought. And I felt like I was really on the the tail end of it all. Yeah, see, I was the first of oh, anyone no. I knew. Totally opposite experience. I had been dreading it for a few years, and uh, one day, at the end of fifth grade, there it was, and uh, I really remember thinking, my life is over. It's all downhill from here. But Izzy, it had just begun. You had just just begun. begun. You were fertile. It's true. I'm still fertile, (laughs) and I'll be fertile for a little while longer, unfortunately. (laughs) So what was your fifth grade experience? So I I first heard of periods from a book about puberty that I think my mom left on my bed one day. Passive. Yeah. 
kind of passive. Um, and I remember from that point on, every time I peed, I checked the toilet for blood because I was so worried. Even though I had some sense that it was way too early for it. Hmm. But then it wasn't as early as I thought because one day I checked the toilet for blood and there was blood. And I remember forcing myself to tell my mom and her going out to the store to buy me pads. And I remember my parents kind of trying to make me feel comfortable. My dad was sort of like, this is a big deal. We should get you a present. And I remember saying, I do not want a present. I don't want to talk to any of you about any of this ever again. I felt like I was in diapers. I was so angry that my body was rebelling in this way. It felt like that my body that had been one way my whole life was changing and I hadn't been ready for it and I didn't know what it meant or why it was happening. I didn't know about tampons or pads. I didn't know what was going on. I just felt like it was really unfair. Like you were losing control of what you had just figured out. Yeah, I was not in control and it just felt like, I don't know, I was the older sibling so I was the first one to go through it. I was just like, oh, I'm not like my sister anymore. She wouldn't understand. I felt really separate from people and none of my friends had gotten their periods and I wasn't talking to them about it really at first so I just kind of had this big thing to do by myself so it felt isolating and lonely and scary I don't mean to go back to this but I'm just imagining if your parents had left you a brochure for every turning point (laughs) in your life yeah if they had just sort of left out like a catalog for bras or yeah how Tammy dealt with her first date. <laughs> or like... That would be one strategy. Joining the improv club? <laughs> to be fair to my mom, I did bring this up recently, and she said that she tried to talk to me about it first, and I was not open to it. Like, I shut it down really hard. I have no memory of that. I have no doubt that happened. I'm, I believe it, yeah. And so that was her way of trying to get me information without having to talk about it together, because I clearly wasn't comfortable with that. And I did read the book. I don't remember a time in my life where either of my parents tried (laughs) to talk to me about sex until well after they knew I was sexually active. Mm -hmm. I think when I told my mom I got my period, she was sort of just understanding and also said, hey, here are my pads. Do you need more things? And I probably was like, I don't know. Right. Um, And we already discussed my Sharpie incident, so I'm sure I asked for it tampons pretty quick Mm -hmm. shut up whatever i could up there Mm -hmm. but um i don't know it just reminds me of uh a wife leaving out like a jewelry catalog for her (laughs) husband maybe he'll notice maybe i'll fix him a drink and then i'll buy me some pearls (laughs) exactly um that's really interesting Mm -hmm. do you remember learning about periods before you had your period like how did you learn why why puberty happens why we pee blood right i don't know If there was one point in my life where I learned it and remembered it, Mm I—I I I mean, as I said, I was sort of the last one of my friends to get it, and I think that I just heard from them sort of the changes they were going through and the disdain they had for the whole experience. Mm. And even still, I thought this is this is super cool. Someday it'll happen to me. Maybe I'll get boobs. Wouldn't that be fun? And I kind of thought everything that went along with growing up, and that was just the marker. That was the beginning of it all for me. Yeah, in the in the total opposite way, I was so scared of growing up. Yeah, I loved being a kid, and being a grown up felt boring and mm-hmm. 
horrible. <laughs> so I just associated being grown up with being able to have ice cream before dinner mm-hmm. and watching TV as late as I wanted. My mom wouldn't let me watch South Park for a long time, uh-huh. and I didn't even like it, but I thought, this is what I'm going to do when I'm grown up. <laughs> Yeah, it's a pretty good life. I'll bleed and I'll watch South Park. <laughs> I need ice cream before dinner. Yeah. Yeah. I do remember, actually, I just remembered that um, before I read the book, I do remember once seeing a babysitter's, like a babysitter, I guess, peed in front of me, like in, like the bathroom door was open and I saw stains on her underwear. Mm. And I remember thinking like she had pooped her pants. And I was like, do, a, do grownups do that? Like, I mean, her underwear like was clean, but had like brown stains on it. And I just remember being so confused about why that would be. And I wondered about that for a long time. I, I remember, remember being really confused about why it was brown. Yeah. I mean, I still, to this day, am always a little thrown off by it. I still don't actually know the answer if it's old blood or if it's just a different sort of blood, if it's different sort of um, proteins or solids or whatever it is. I still mm-hmm. don't know. I know it's not poop. Right. Right. Well, period blood, what we call period blood, is only only a little bit of it is blood. Right. And the rest of it is all sorts of tissues that are coming out of our uteruses. So there's a lot going on there that people really mistake for just the same as like if you cut your arm kind right. of blood. And I know a lot of people who don't have their periods are still misinformed or confused about that. They're shocked by <laughs> by the color of period blood sometimes. I think I was also sort of for years thinking that it was a lot more blood than it was mm-hmm. um i was just sort of under the impression of oh gosh if this keeps going i could die yeah that never was cleared i mean it's clear now but it wasn't clear to me for a while yeah there's so much that wasn't clear to me. yeah <laughs> and also the cramps the cramps were so bad for me oh no i didn't get cramps until last year wow well, and i'm turning 26 Thank i you. finally have almost stopped having cramps now that I've been on birth control for so long but for years I had to miss school every time I had my period it was really bad and it was I I missed the SATs in high school because I just couldn't I couldn't stand up it was really extreme and I would take a lot of painkillers go to the nurse a lot for tea and heating pads have Mm. to go home to change my clothes pretty often because it was also a really heavy flow I had a lot of blood. I would stack pads on top of each other in middle school and still bleed through my clothes. And so it came with a lot of misery and pain and not a lot of knowledge. But I do remember in middle school for the first time, maybe since seventh grade, my middle school science teacher actually went over the biology of periods. He still didn't talk about cramps necessarily or pads or tampons or emotions. (laughs) Yeah, but he did explain how the uterus worked and how ovaries worked and how I was ovulating and all of the reasons that blood was rushing out of my vagina, which previously I had just accepted as a fact of life. It just happens. And suddenly I was like, oh, I see. (laughs) There's a mechanism here. I feel like men always try to give you a reason that you're miserable. That's true. But at least this one was true. It was true. Yeah, it was was helpful. It, It was empowering to have the knowledge of what was going on with my body, even though it would have been even yeah. more helpful, A, before it had happened, sure. and B, with you know information about how to manage the symptoms. Right. Well, I think that delayed sort of knowledge and information goes along with the idea that there's a certain age at which mm. you're supposed to be doing certain things, mm-hmm. i.e. sex, 
and for adults to think about young people getting their periods, it sort of coincides with that for them, and they right. kind of delay the point in your life in which you have access to all of that information. Yeah, it is about access. Somebody was talking about that recently at a conference I was at, about how it's withholding information. Absolutely. And how violent it is for adults to withhold information from young people about because themselves. Because they're afraid. They're afraid. Yeah. Yeah, I was talking to someone about that too recently who had younger kids um, around third and fourth grade, and I was saying, like, have you talked to them about their periods yet? I'd love to have that conversation with them if you feel comfortable. And they were saying, oh, that's, like, years away. And I had to say to them, you know, I got my period in fifth grade, and kids are getting them younger and younger. And actually, it's much more important to get the information across before the period happens than it is to get it at just the right age, right? Like, Absolutely. So that's something funny, too. It's like, well, they might not get their period till sixth or seventh grade. Okay, but... You might miss the day, like, yeah. before. So it's, why not do it now when they're younger? Make it seem more normal, have years to talk about it and normalize it and answer their questions before one day everything changes and it can be so scary. For sure. Yeah. It's like waiting until you find out someone has a deadly allergy and then saying, oh, yeah, you probably shouldn't eat that. Mm-hmm. And they're just... Their throat's closing up. They're full of anxiety. Bad things are happening in their body, and they don't know why. Right. Well, it's also like waiting till someone's sick to send them to the doctor, which is how a lot of our healthcare works in the U.S. Because well, that's how I function. Right. Well, that's <laughs> how a lot of us function because of our health insurance and all these reasons. But actually, we know that it's so much more effective to have regular preventative care than just be reacting to things. And I think in our culture, we're much more comfortable reacting than preventing. I remember getting my period for the first time at a friend's house. And I think at that point I had already been lying to all of my friends and telling them that I had had it. Mm. So it was such a relief Mm -hmm. that I could ask my friend for a tampon or a pad or whatever and mean it and figure it out. I was still sort of um, in the era of my life where my underpants were always wrapped in toilet paper and I'm kind of still there but um yeah I just remember shouting down the hallway with such pride and you know it was all downhill from there but (laughs) it was a good first moment it was a good first moment yeah Yeah. um that was like when I first fit into my first bra I don't know what like why those two experiences were so dissimilar for us and why I was so excited and why you were so afraid. Well, I think both of them come down to wanting to be normal. And I felt so abnormal having this happen to me so young. And it's related to, you know, breasts developing, growing hips, and all that was happening too. And that felt scary because I was a kid and I didn't want to be sexualized. And I didn't even understand that my hips widening was supposed to happen. I thought I was just gaining weight really fast. And I started thinking I was fat and I needed to go on a diet. So I started trying to change how I ate. Um, and I was really just trying to control my body to be like other people. Like everyone seemed smaller than me. Mm-hmm. Everyone seemed like they were still kids. And I just didn't feel like I felt like my emotional state of being a kid was so out of whack with my body. And it sounds like you were kind of on the other end of the spectrum of really wanting that development because you wanted to feel normal because everybody else, it felt like, hadn't been going through it already. So I almost felt like I had gotten the attention and had been sexualized for so long without having gotten my period. Mm. Um, For some reason, that's just how I developed. I was, like, always bigger than my friends 
and I got boobs kind of late, but I wasn't quote-unquote flat-chested, really. And I was kind of just like, is this really the last step? Mm. Is getting my period? I feel like I'm ready for it. Right. You were ready to have it all match. It all needs to match up. Yeah. 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 So it's, I think that that research shows that people with their periods on kind of those really far ends of the spectrum are the ones who have like the most emotional experiences with it because it makes you feel so different. And I found that when I've done puberty education with kids, it's like, you know, the part that they're really worried about is of course the part that they feel they're early or late on or that makes them different. Um, whether that's acne or voice dropping or shoulders broadening or hips broadening or breast growth or periods um, or an Adam's apple or whatever part of it it is. It's like, is this happening at the right time? Will it happen? Has it happened too early? Am I normal? It's all it's all so much about am I normal? And especially if we, we're not talking about it with kids and really emphasizing the broad range of normal, of course they're just going to be looking to their peers and comparing and comparing and comparing and finding ways to feel bad. Because no one was saying to me, actually, it's equally normal to get your period at 10 as it is to get it at 16. Like, right. that's all totally normal within the average range. I don't think I heard that until high school, which, like, not relevant to me anymore. Right. So, yeah, I think we really do a disservice to kids by not saying, bodies are supposed to all look different. Your friends, some of them are going to develop before you, some of them are going to develop after you. All of that is fine and normal, and it will happen. I was at sleepaway camp and getting back to sort of the surface of this question, I was talking with a girlfriend of mine and she was in the stall sort of trying to insert a Mm. tampon or take a tampon out or fiddling with a string, whatever was happening. And she sort of exclaimed at one point, like, why can't I pee and have my tampon in at the same time? Mm. And I remember being so taken aback because I had not gotten my period yet but I knew that was false Mm. and probably was really snarky and rude about it and I was just like you can those are different places (laughs) (laughs) and then our whole tent was on her about it and trying to explain to her the anatomy but none of us had the words for it we were just like there's a small one and then like there's like kind of a bigger one and that's where you put your cotton ball in and (laughs) I just like Think, think about that all the time, every time I get my period, mm-hmm. because it does feel very uncomfortable at times to do both, or mm-hmm. to have something in and also be peeing, or you get the string wet and you think that that's where the pee is coming from. It's sort of all, like, mosh. It can get really moshed up and garbled. Mm-hmm. Especially without education or without looking at your own Right, well, no mirror. one ever told me to look at my vulva. I know, me either. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, no, I didn't... I wasn't told to look at my vulva until I was being trained as a sexuality educator and being asked to ask kids to look at their own vulvas. And then my trainer asked us, if any of us had ever looked at our vulvas, and none of us had. So she gave us the homework to go home and look at our vulvas before we told young people to look at their vulvas, and they did. And that was my first time looking at my vulva after graduating from college. Your first time? Yeah. Interesting. Did you learn something new? I was surprised. Yeah, it didn't look quite how I... I mean, I just didn't know my vulva. You know, all I knew is these anatomy diagrams, which are so symmetrical and, like, devoid of what all the hair and And discoloration uh, right all the things that real genitals look like and so i was just like oh 
hi, like, I guess that's what that is. Like, you know, it was a, a strange moment. I was always so ashamed of mine. Mm-hmm. I knew what it looked like very early on, but I only had sort of porn star images to mm. compare it to. Again, whatever was, like, left on my desktop. And I remember when I first learned that people have surgeries mm. to shorten the length of their labia, I was just blown away. I first, My first thought was, oh, when I get the money, that's what I'm doing. Mm. And it took me years and years to talk myself out of that. Yeah. Yeah, it's really intense what the images we see does to our brain and, like, how yeah. we're able to look at our own bodies. So I can just only imagine the confusion of thinking that you're peeing blood. Right, and I think a lot of people, like you said, still for a long time as they grow up think that they pee out of their vaginas, that people pee out of their vaginas, and Mm. yeah, it is really scary, and the whole process of puberty is, can be so scary, doesn't have to be, but I think can be so scary and confusing. And I think, like, something I really wish someone had been saying to me my whole life is that it's not just that you have a kid body, you go through a series of changes and you have an adult body, and then that's static forever, right? It's like, I had a kid body, I started going through puberty, had new body, new body, new body, finished going through puberty, and my body kept changing. Like, bodies change and change and change and change until we die. And that's what's great about them, right? Like, that's what we should be valuing, but that actually, for so many people, is the scariest thing, is that... They can't hold on to, like, my young adult body. Like, oh, my, my 20s body or my high school body. And people, mis- like, make it so nostalgic about these old bodies. And then aging feels so scary. But actually, like, from birth to death, our bodies are changing. And I think if it had been, like, put to me in that way, that that was positive And that, like, like, pay attention. Notice how your body changes. Like, let me know when you notice a new thing. That's cool. Like, one more change. Then it wouldn't have been such a terrifying time so do you think that that is along the lines of where you would answer this question for someone well I would definitely want to start with just explaining yeah puberty is the process of a kid body becoming a grown-up body and becoming able to get pregnant or make someone pregnant and so when we start to have blood come out of our vaginas it means that our bodies are not capable of becoming pregnant if a sperm reaches an egg and um it's totally normal it can start at a wide range of ages from as young as seven or eight all the way up to 16 or 17 um and just talking about how you know there's parts of it that are uncomfortable sometimes we get cramps in our muscles sometimes your back can hurt there's different parts that are uncomfortable but there's like make sure there's someone in your life who you can ask about how to take care of it There's a lot of ways to take care of it. Your doctor can always help you. Just, like, being really neutral. Not like, it's a beautiful moment. Or, like, oh, it's gonna suck. Right? Just, like, yeah, that's something that happens. And whenever it happens and however it happens is normal. Right. Talk to your doctor if you're worried. And also, clearly, be more explicit with these people about their anatomy mm-hmm. and why it might look like you're bleeding when you're peeing yeah not to be afraid to you know if you're still having some worries or questions find someone in your life that you can trust if it's just a doctor that's totally cool and 
you know, sometimes blood gets rubbed around <laughs> your urethra and it just kind of looks like you're peeing blood. Let's use the word urethra with kids too, right? <laughs> like that's a really fun word to say for kids, urethra. I'll make them repeat it. Be like, let's all say urethra. And then we do. And it's like, yeah, that's where you pee out of. Everyone has a urethra. It's not gendered. Some people have vaginas, some people have penises, but everyone has a urethra. <laughs> That's a good um, <laughs> slogan to end this episode mm-hmm, on. Mm-hmm. Everyone has urethra. Do, do, do. So that's the end of our second episode. How do you feel? I feel like, you know, looking at my vulva. Do you? I do. I kind of do too. Yeah. Let's go home and do that. Okay. Everyone at home, if you feel like looking at your vulva and you have a vulva, you're invited to do so. You can look at whatever genitals you have. Just, like, get to know your genitals today a little bit, maybe. Yeah. I found a weird thing under my breast the other day. Mm. Just been poking it for a while. Yeah. I think it's just a pore. It's good to know what's going on, right? Just pay attention to your bodies. It's cool to have a body. It is. And also, real weird. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. So thanks for listening. <laughs> As always, you can find us at yes to consent.org. Follow us on Facebook or Instagram at yes to consent. Send us any reactions you have had to any of our conversations. Send us your questions and keep talking to each other about these topics because we all need to talk about these things more. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Hosted by Rebecca Klein and me, Izzy Abraham Raveson. Edited by me, Izzy Abraham Raveson. Original music by Austin Alfano. Artwork by Rebecca Klein and Jackie Soro. And a special thanks to the young people who asked the questions and inspired this podcast. <laughs>